So chances are you've been in the middle of a church service, a sermon, and there's something really funny or distracting distracting that happens. Like oh, yeah. uh, maybe uh, it's during the worship and someone's singing really loud off key. Maybe it's a, a child bawling in the middle of the sermon or someone's phone going off. Well, uh, over the weekend at a church service, there was a creature that wandered into the church service and it was a squirrel. <laughs> He goes, when he preached so good, animals start coming inside. <laughs> and it was an ordeal. The whole thing was caught on video. So first the squirrel makes an appearance on stage with the pastor. Then he leaves. Then he comes back. Then this like big burly guy from the audience gets a towel. And he and the pastor try to corral the, the squirrel. squirrel. It gets hidden under. He hides himself under one of those uh, speakers that uh-huh. lets the worship team hear their okay. voices. Huh? And then all of a sudden, it lunges into the audience, and everyone's like, Wah! And this one guy crawled up on his chair, and the pastor totally called him out. He's like, hey, why are you up on the chair? They finally got the squirrel, and uh, squirrel's okay. Sermon went on, but it's a church service nobody will ever forget. No, and at, at that point, as a, as a speaker, I wonder if the pastor was just like, you know what? You're dismissed. <laughs> I would totally give up. No one's going to remember a thing I say There's after no way. this. Right? Yes. All they're going to remember is the squirrel. You should tell your friends we got a squirrel at church every Sunday and bring them. <laughs> they can see the squirrel. Coming up, do you feel like naming a child is a stressful decision? Hey, do you feel like naming a child is a very stressful decision? Hmm. After all, that name sticks with them for their entire life. Well, maybe the per- this person can help you out. Colleen created a company called Naming Bebe, B-E-B. <laughs> she's 33 years old. She says she's been obsessed with baby names her entire life. And most people who seek her help are stumped at picking a name for their third child. That's when they start running into trouble. Uh, the most popular name she's seeing right now for boys is Miles. And the most popular little girl name she's seeing is Margot. Hmm. We, but we, she'll help you. Like she'll even help you match. Like, hey, we have this son and this daughter, and now baby yeah. three is coming. What name goes well with those two names? We should talk about baby names and and how did you get your kids' names? Was there a methodology to it? Like a, a lot of people think with my daughters because they all have a autumn, amber, April. Oh, you wanted three. A- we didn't. It just happened that way, and that's what we call them: the three A's. Oh, you're going to pick up the three A's? Okay, I will. Um, how did you come up with your kids' names? All right, th- this is going to be fun. Let's find out how did you come up with your kids' names. Give us a call. Old family name, friend suggested it, something you came up with. Maybe your favorite TV show. want to hear about it. Hey, Paul, what's your kid's name and how did you get that name? Well, my kids, my daughter's name is Joy. She turned one year old about two days ago. And I remember uh-huh. just going through a difficult trial most of my life, uh, one of the hardest trials of my life. And I always said if I had a girl, I had already had two boys, I would name her Joy. And so now I'm happy today that she finally came and I oh. have Joy both naturally and spiritually. Oh, oh that is great awesome. Story. I love that. I love that. Are you guys doing anything special for the birthday? Well, we had a party and um, we'll be going to Disney World Saturday. Wow. Oh. All right. Yeah. So we're talking about how our kids uh, got their names. You have a, a story about how your kids got their names. But my favorite uh, name story with our kids, our middle daughter, Amber, uh, we had already had Kyle and Autumn. 
And I had befriended a homeless man named Jim when we were living in South Florida and I was chatting with him and he was really excited about the baby coming and stuff. And I said, yeah, we just cannot think of a name. And he said, well, my, my sister's name is Amber. And I was like, oh my gosh, Autumn and Amber, that's perfect. So yeah. And and Amber is so proud that her, she got her name from her dad's homeless friend, Mr. Jim. So uh, yeah, great story. So there's these series of commercials about how when you become a homeowner, you start to become like your parents. Mm -hmm. And my husband have done it. And I blame my mother. She started it when she came for a visit. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom and I were sitting outside in our backyard having a really special moment. We even saw a cardinal, which uh, you might remember the the day my dad passed away. Mm. It was the oddest thing. A cardinal sung outside the window where we were sharing stories about dad for like three hours. It just wouldn't leave. And um, so we saw a cardinal and we're sitting there. My mom goes, hey, do you have any, you know, what would be a great gift for your husband sometime is some binoculars so you can look at the birds. And I go, mom, we have some. I just forgot we have them. So I went and got them out. Well, now we keep them on the end table right under the lamp. And Glenn will go, look, look. I think." And she bought my husband a little guide of the birds. He'll go, look. It's a yellow thrasher. And I'm like, wait, let me get the binoculars. And I think it's because we don't have a dog right now. We're just so hungry for animals in our life. You, um, it's like, get out the binoculars. You don't do that out the front windows, do you? Because your neighbors can think like, <laughs> they're watching us again. <laughs> so I don't know what it's like in your house, but with my wife and I, we have the thermostat wars. She likes it way oh, no. colder than I do. I like it to be what I'm going to call comfortable. We're going to talk about the thermostat wars next. Okay, so I think there is finally, Taylor, a decisive temperature that your home should be set on in the summertime for it to be comfortable for everybody. And this is like the the brainiacs at the University of Georgia studied this and came up with the most comfortable. My wife is going to be disappointed because she likes it at like 68 67 that's just freezing to me i walk around our house with like wool socks and a long sleeve shirt on in the middle of the summer it's ridiculous but what temperature do you think they're saying is the perfect the sweet spot for everyone to be comfortable i think i may have seen this on our friend mary's insta stories and she said this is an insult um is it like 78 between, they're saying between 71 and 77. So I'm going to say like 73-ish. Oh, but it's in the 70s. It's like 73-ish. I would prefer, if I can sneak it, I'll set ours to 71. And then inevitably within 45 minutes, Trace will be like, did you touch the thermostat? It's so hot in here. 68 sounds so cold to me. Oh, it's that is way too cold. I think we keep ours on 73 at night and 74 during the day. See, now to me, that's sanity. And it feels really, really comfortable to me, and I, I like it cold yeah, and at night. Here's and the thing. If it feels too hot at that, step outside for a minute, then come back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll feel great. There you go. Is your family what you would describe as quiet? Mine isn't. <laughs> and we, we found out just how not quiet we are the, the other day. I'll tell you about it next. My family never had the burden of being the quiet family. <laughs> you always, you know, there's six of us. There's me, and my wife, uh, our son, and three daughters. And when we when we showed up, when we got to church, you knew we were there. Uh, when we were in a restaurant, you knew we were there. We weren't rude. Just uh, we liked to chat and made conversation. And our kids didn't hold back from you know engaging in conversation. Sometimes very enthusiastically. So you knew we were there. Quiet was never a problem we had. 
Um, and we found that out the other day, as I think probably a lot of people have with Zoom meetings and stuff that we started doing during COVID and people are still doing since they're working from home. But when you're on a Zoom call, you try to make it quiet and professional looking, even though you might be you know, wearing boxer shorts on the bottom and a suit and tie on the top, right? You try to give the appearance that everything's professional and you're working hard. Um, that was the deal the other day. One of my kids had an interview via Zoom. Eric, can, can you guys please just be quiet while I'm doing this? I'm going to go in the basement and be quiet. Uh-oh. All right. We have five dogs and hardwood floors. So you hear when they, they, there's a knock at the door. When the UPS guy comes by, they run to the door. First, you hear them galloping to the door on the hardwood floors. You hear that in the basement. And then all five of them feel like they have to simultaneously greet the UPS driver and alert us. Hey, the guy in the big brown truck's here. So bottom line, this person should have gone to a library for the Zoom call. Probably, yeah. So we had all of that. And then uh, I had on uh, like dress shoes. Clomp, clomp, clomp. And, and I didn't even realize it. My wife is like, Don't know why your shows. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a million noises going on. We're not even, you don't realize you're not the quiet family until someone says, hey, I need you to be quiet. Right. And then, then you realize how not quiet you are. What about your family? Would your family be if, all right, let's, what was that movie? The Quiet Place. Was that it where you had to be quiet? Oh, or you're or, gone. Or you're, yeah, you're, or you're finito, toast. right. Would yeah, I don't know how they did it. We wouldn't have made it. We would we would have been the first family to go. Including <laughs> she gave birth to a baby without calling yeah, out. Right. <laughs> like that She knew happen. she wouldn't survive if she did. Right, 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 right. right. It's my, such a good movie. My family, we would have been gone in about five seconds into that movie, but the good news is we would have all gone down together. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what about your family? Are you guys uh, Are you guys known for making your presence known when you show up at church or an event or something is there do they know the smith family is here or whatever your family is we'd love to hear from you hey garth it's kevin and taylor so you can empathize with being a loud family absolutely i am my wife is a southern belle and she married me i'm half greek half italian oh wow <laughs> bless yeah. your heart right 100 percent loud <laughs> can't talk without if we had to sit on our hands we couldn't talk <laughs> Absolutely. Have you ever seen that yeah. video of they somebody went to Italy and just filmed people in conversation on the street? And, and the, the video is humanly impossible for Italians to talk and not use their hands. Absolutely. <laughs> never seen my big fat Greek wedding. That's us. Oh, I love it. Now, do you guys combine food traditions? Like maybe have like collard greens <laughs> and, and spanakopita? No. I have tried to make... Um, I, I'm 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 pretty good in the kitchen. I know more around the kitchen way. I'm sure so does she. But again, she was born and raised. So if it's not grease, grits, or gravy, she's not eating it. I tried some exotic dishes on it. She won't eat them. So the other day, I was working on the show, and this ad just starts running on my computer, which I can't stand that. But I, it caught my attention because. It was a scene in a hot air balloon. I was like, oh, what's this all about? Mm. I got engaged in Glenn popped the question to me in a hot air balloon. Well, it was just that. It was a proposal. Only the guy gets down on his knee in the basket. The aeronaut is there just like our scene when Glenn proposed to me. Only she nods her head like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. (laughs) Uh-oh. And the aeronaut gives a look like, oh, this is awkward. And the guy's devastated. And then it was some kind of financial ad. And it said... (laughs) 
make sure you can get out of whatever you get yourself into. <laughs> and I remember you used to always say, what if you had said no? Right. And the, you know, the three of us are up there in this balloon, but thank Awkward. goodness Glenn knew it was going to be a yes. <laughs> Taylor, I have a question for you, and it's about pets. You guys have had a, uh, had a few dogs in your lives, and it's about their personalities. Let's talk about that next. Okay, so our pets, they have their little personalities, right? Every oh, yeah. dog has a unique personality, but here's what I'm wondering. Do we take on our pets' personalities, or do our pets take on our personalities? Which mm. way do you think it goes? I think that, man, I think it's both. Yeah? Because, like, for example, take Alex the Wonder Mutt. She was the happiest, sweetest, tender-hearted, most incredible dog you could ever ask for. And she was always thrilled about life. Mm-hmm. And so she would make us remember to be grateful for the little mm. things, to be thrilled when someone rang the doorbell and came over to visit us or be excited about our meal, no matter what we were eating. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think she she had a big impact on our personalities. I'm, I'm, the reason I'm asking about this is because my wife said the other day, Marco and I, my beloved Marco, we were snuggled up on the couch together, watching TV together. And she goes, oh, my gosh, you two are like the same exact personality. And that's what got me thinking about it. Like, who's influencing who here? Did I become like Marco or did Marco become like me? <laughs> Okay, Kev, so you know um, I've been trying to get you to watch a Tom Hanks movie, and I keep bugging you about it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a man named Frodo or something? No, a man named Otto. Oh, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Tom Hanks in just a minute. So I've been bugging Kevin to watch this movie that I just fell in love with called A Man Called Otto or A Man mm-hmm. Named Otto um, that is just so powerful. It's just so many... Um, you know, things to learn about loving your neighbors, yourself and loving others and what's what makes life worthwhile. It's just so good. Um, but I got to thinking about Tom Hanks and just how many movies he's been in. And yeah, I thought no it'd be kidding. fun to play a little a little quiz with you, Kev. OK. Can you name Tom Hanks top grossing box office hit of all Ooh, the movies he's been Forrest in? Gump. Good guess. That came in second place. Ooh, you were um, really close. Uh, the Apollo 13. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, no, I'm not sure where that is on Toy the list. Toy Story? <laughs> yes. It happens to be Toy Story 3. <laughs> like, that's going to be the big That one. is his top one. And then The Da Vinci Code was surprisingly fourth place. Another good one. You forget how many movies he's been in. It's coming in sixth was Saving Private Ryan. Remember mm, that one? Good movie. Oh, so good. Okay, so we were talking about Tom Hanks, this illustrious career he's had, all the great roles he's got in the play. What was the movie where he was one of the negotiators um, with the Russians? Oh, that's like Glenn's all-time favorite, oh, Bridge of the... Spies. Yeah, that was a good movie. So good. Okay. I finally saw the movie where he's stuck in the airport. Fascinating. Okay, so he was in the Da Vinci Code and then the follow-up to it as well. I forget what, what that one was, but... Um, you know, the damn Brown novels or whatever. As Michael Landon? I don't think that he should have been Landon. It should have been, in my mind, when I was reading the book, I thought this would be a great movie. I thought this should be Denzel Washington. I don't know why, but in my head, Denzel Washington was playing that role and it should have been him. So I, whenever I see that movie, I'm just like, eh, would have been better if Denzel was in it. That's fascinating. (laughs) You know what happened to my husband once? He read that movie, uh, or he read that book about Mars, that one that guy just released yeah. chapter by chapter on the internet and okay. had all the scientists check his work. And in his mind, as he's reading the book, he's like, okay, that has got to be um, the guy from Born Identity. Um, Matt Damon. Matt, he goes, Matt Damon has to play it. 
And then when the movie finally came out, they cast Matt Damon. Maybe Glenn's in the wrong profession. He should be a casting director. I think so. (laughs) What if you could improve your relationship with your child in just five seconds? How are you doing that? There's a clinical psychologist named Dr. Becky Kennedy. Um, She says you can. She's a mom of three and loves giving parenting advice. Uh, So you want to know her secret? Say to your son or daughter when they're going through something tough, it can be really hard being a kid, right? When your child hears that sympathy and understanding from mom or dad, they realize that their parents are seeing the world from their perspective, and it helps children feel seen and heard and can ultimately improve their behavior. And uh, in just a minute, Kev, if you want, I have an example of her putting this into action like in real life when her child got in her car mm. after a, a tough, particularly tough I, day at school. I want to give it a try. Here. Okay. What, what is it again? Being a kid can be really hard. Okay. <clears throat> being a kid can be really hard, right? Okay. You think being a kid is hard? Wait till you're an adult. <laughs> not quite how she envisioned it well i just i just you know took her idea and ran with it i embellished uh, it a little bit you kevinized you think, it you think this is hard wait do you get here kid <laughs> <laughs> every parent nods in agreement <laughs> in just a minute taylor is going to give us a real life example of how you can uh turn your kid's day around show them that you're on their side in five seconds or less we'll do it next Isn't it kind of cool when you can get parenting advice from someone who's literally in the throes of it, like uh, Dr. Becky? She's got three kids, and I love her honesty and how she wanted to react to her kid. (laughs) That's human side in this clip, and then how she really reacted. Check this out. Mom, no one would play with me at recess today. I was all alone. This is what one of my kids said to me right after school today. Here's what I wanted to say back. I'm sure it will be fine tomorrow, one bad day. Or no one, come on, not one person to play with. And then I remembered this. Our feelings are only overwhelming because we feel alone in them. And when you tell a kid something's not a big deal or it will be better tomorrow, you only make them feel more alone in that feeling, which only makes them feel more overwhelmed. So instead, when your kid shares something tricky about their day or something tricky that happened with friends, Use these words as a response. I'm so glad you're talking to me about this. Then, when they share more, say something like, that sounds hard. I believe you. What you're doing is you're removing the aloneness. This actually builds their resilience. Isn't that cool? It was just like a whole little spin on it. Because I think that's how most of us would react. I could see that with my 11 nieces and nephews being like, oh, it'll get better tomorrow. Or I'll pray that you find a friend tomorrow on the playground. You know, But instead of... Just acknowledge that, man, that must have hurt your feelings. Like, just a little tiny bit of acknowledgement makes you feel not alone. I wonder, does she turn the corner, though, too, from that um, and say, maybe you could try this tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, you need to initiate you know, friendship you, in order to have yeah, friends. Yeah, only you can't just leave it at, oh, that's that's awful, honey. Come here, I'll give you a hug, and that's it, right? right you, exactly. You've got to equip the kid to yeah. move forward with Trying to like make some friends and Absolutely. have somebody to play with. Maybe mm-hmm. take your best toy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody want to play with you then. Coming up, why everyone is talking about this little boy and the gift he gave his daddy. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Why is everyone talking about this little nine-year-old boy and the gift he gave his daddy? Because he made it for his dad in an after-school sewing class. It was a shirt. 
Aaron is a dad of three, and he shared the video online of little Sam walking in real sheepishly and handing dad the shirt that he made. Dude, look at this. I did the buttons, and I did the buttonholes. Yeah. Can I wear this out to dinner? Yeah. Thank you, buddy. You're so talented. Dad was so impressed. What's really cool is the video has been viewed 9 million times. And Sam, who's been super unsure of himself, has gained a ton of confidence with so many people encouraging him that he has so much potential and could definitely be a tailor one day. That's awesome. He's just glowing. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, I had, I'm so old, when, uh, when I was in school, we had home economics class and we had sewing. Really? Yeah, let, let's just say no one would have thanked me for the vest I made. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure your mom thought it was beautiful. No, <laughs> she didn't. No one, no one did. This is the kind of thing you'd see hanging in the Museum of Modern Art and someone would pay $10 million for. That's how bad it was. <laughs> My mom tried so hard to teach me how to sew and I rebelled and now I regret it. I can't even repair like a button pretty much. <laughs> right. Well, you moms, you go through a lot to carry a child for nine months. Have you heard of pregnancy nose? What is that? Yep. Your nose can change size, width, and shape when you're pregnant. There are 24 million views about the subject on TikTok right now. One woman says it feels like her nose doubled in size overnight and it's hard to breathe. It's a real thing. A spike in estrogen causes the dilation of blood vessels, including mucous membranes of the nose. And uh, pregnancy nose doesn't usually happen uh, until late in the pregnancy. It doesn't happen to everyone. And here's the good news, mom. It's a temporary condition. Your nose will go back its original size when the baby arrives. <laughs> it's called the Pinocchio effect. <laughs> <laughs> Your nose grows. <laughs> Not wild. Who knew? Well, I, all right. I've heard of your pregnancy, feet growing. Wait, all pregnancy is hard enough. Why Why do they like even release that kind of stuff? Mom's got enough on her shoulders. She doesn't need because to worry about that. Too. By mom sharing it, other moms don't feel so alone or cray cray. Like, no, I thought something was no, wrong with me. Makes, Why is my it nose makes growing? Moms who never thought about their nose looking odd, going like, "Does my nose look funny now too?" <laughs> <laughs>